What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 145, where I will talk about the two moves that the Detroit Lions recently made. I'll also talk about a bill that passed in the state of Michigan that's going to affect Michigan State and Michigan. And then lastly, I'll talk about the Women's World Cup as that started a few days ago, and Team USA plays tonight. So let's start out, though, with the two moves, and one of these moves was the news that the Lions will be releasing their starting kicker from last year, Michael Bagley. He was pretty good last year for the Lions. Pretty consistent. He went 20 for 24, had a long of 53 yards. But in an era of NFL football, especially for kickers, that you kind of really are starting to need kickers that can consistently kick a 50-plus yard field goal. You also have kickers like Harrison Butker for the Chiefs that can kick it easily from 60-plus you kind of need to find kickers that can kick 50-plus. And that wasn't really Michael. He was very good. He was very consistent from within 50 yards. But when you started getting to that 50-yard mark, he wasn't consistent. And that is an issue in the NFL. And because of that, the Lions did release him. And that means that there's a 2 man race you have Riley Patterson which if that name sounds familiar he has been with the Lions in the past he was with the Jaguars last year is pretty good with the Jaguars he's back you also have the XFL kicker John Parker Romo he was probably the best kicker in the XFL and it's going to be a battle that's going to be very interesting to watch because it's been a while since the Lions really have had a consistent kicker from long range. Like the last one you can really think of is Prater. And in the last couple of years of Prater, he wasn't as consistent as he typically was. But this is going to be a battle that's going to be extremely important, especially in a day and age where the NFL, you have a lot of games that come down to a field goal. And the Lions are going to have to get it right because we've seen teams, especially the Vikings last year, that they won five, six, seven games because of a kick at the end or a one-possession game. And an extra point, a field goal, could be a huge impact in that outcome. So it's going to be interesting to watch who wins that battle, either the XFL kicker and John Parker Romo or Riley Patterson. There was some talks that Michael Bagley could come back passably, but I think that kind of just depends on how this battle goes between Riley and John. The other news was news that I think a lot of people were actually pretty excited about, and that was... The trading for former Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims. Now, the Lions end up giving up a conditional six-round pick for Denzel Mims, and in return, he gets him and a seventh-round pick. So basically, it's kind of an exchange of picks. Like, they kind of are the same value. So you're kind of getting Denzel Mims for... Almost nothing, if nothing at all. Like, usually, six, seventh-round picks don't usually end up contributing too much in the NFL. Now, 
with that being said, there has been picks that have contributed, but you're also getting a player that hasn't had a whole lot of time to show how good he could be in the NFL. And also, sometimes this statement is true. Sometimes it's better to go somewhere else, to get a whole new scenery, and you never know what can happen. Because Denzel Mims was a second-round pick. He has like 4-3-40 speed, so he's extremely fast. Injury issue could be a concern, but this is a opportunity that Brad Holmes is taking on. He's taking on a risk, but it's a very minimal risk. It's minimum risk with high reward. If it works out, it's great. You got another really fast wide receiver. If it doesn't, then you're not giving up basically anything. And this is extremely important, especially because Jamison Williams will be out for the first six games. And while you do have Jameer Gibbs, you're just adding a whole nother weapon at the wide receiver room that was kind of bare, to be completely honest with you, because there's always going to be kind of a question of who was going to be the fourth, fifth, sixth receiver. And I think if Denzel Mims makes the roster, 53-man roster, which if he does, then that pick goes through. If he doesn't, then the pick does not actually go through, which is really interesting. But I think Brad Holmes is making this trade because he believes Denzel Mims will be a Lion and, yeah, it's low risk, high reward. If it works out, it's great. And you're just adding a whole nother really fast wide receiver on this roster that is huge. It is absolutely huge. You're really starting to see kind of the NFL and just football in general really evolve around speed. And this Lions offense has a ton of speed. They have a ton of speed on the outside. They have Ahmed Ross and Brown, which is really fast on the inside. They have Sam Laporta, which hopefully turns out to be a really good tight end. He's pretty quick as well. This offense is going to be very, very fun for the Lions. And I think Denzel Mim, if he is able to stay healthy, if he's able to contribute, I think he's going to be another player that can... Just run down the field, be his guys in coverage, and he's going to be a deep threat. And that was something that the Lions were missing, honestly, without Jamison Williams. Because you had, last year, you had Chark, which was that guy. He's no longer with you anymore. But Denzel Mims is younger than him, about the same speed, and can be that deep threat. Now, they did end up signing Marvin Jones earlier in this free agency, but Marvin Jones isn't the player he he used to be. Denzel Mims, in any case, he could be that. He could be the replacement for Chark. And if it works out, this is going to be an absolutely great trade. But again, if it doesn't, there's very little risk. So I really do like this move. I think a lot of people really did like this move as well. And hopefully Denzel Mims works out the lines because if it works out, Again, this is just another great trade for Brad Holmes and the Detroit Lions. Now let's go on to the second topic of this episode, and that is a bill that was signed and passed in the state of Michigan, and that is alcohol sales for Michigan State and Michigan. This is 
huge. I know a lot of people have been asking for this to happen for a long time. You will finally be able to buy alcohol if you're 21 and older at football games. Now, I know there's probably some concerns from people, but at the same time, if you go to these college football games, I think you kind of realize that people sneak stuff in anyways. So I don't really think it's going to be a huge deal. It's also going to be limited as well. And I think this is something that people have been asking for. And it's finally being able to come true. You're finally going to be able to enjoy alcohol, watch football. And for a lot of people, that's what they like to do on their Saturdays, on the Sundays. And now you actually get to do it in person at Michigan State and Michigan. So that was passed. So, exciting news there as well. Last thing I really want to talk about, and there's not a whole lot else kind of going on outside of this, but the Women's World Cup um, started a few days ago. Exciting times, because the U.S. women's team has an opportunity to win the World Cup for a third straight time. They are playing Vietnam tonight at 9 p.m. to start the World Cup. This is going to be an interesting World Cup because this could be the last time, maybe in my opinion, that the U.S. could be really considered the favorite, in my opinion. And it's not because the women team is getting worse. It's because the rest of the world is getting better. Like, you're seeing these other teams getting closer and closer in talent to the U.S. women's team. And you're also having... Multiple important players that are probably going to be done after this World Cup. Like Megan Rapino, who in her own right is controversial. But she has been very good. She's retiring after this World Cup. We don't know what's going to happen to Alex Morgan as well. You're kind of starting to see this group of the old class. Like the class that won the last World Cup, and the one before that, you kind of start to see this group kind of exit out the door a little bit. And you're starting to see these younger players come in. But these younger players, while they haven't been able to really gain that name recognition, a lot of people don't know who they are. And you're not really seeing that coverage anymore of this USA team especially the women's team. You're seeing this coverage of the men's team, like Christian Pulisic. You're seeing this coverage of Copa America. You're seeing this coverage of that World Cup. But no one's really talking about this women's World Cup. And I know the men's World Cup is usually covered a little bit better than the women's World Cup in general. But it just doesn't seem like there's excitement anymore for this women's team. And it's maybe because... They've won the last two. I don't know the exact reason why, but it's just interesting to see the different kind of opinions, different coverage of this team. Now, will Megan Rapinoe be part of the reason why? It could be just because, like I said, she's been in some controversy in the past. But overall, I think this is a cool opportunity for the women's team. They get to have a chance to go for a third straight World Cup. Will they do it? I'm not exactly sure. I remember watching the World Cup the last few times. I remember watching when Hope Solo used to play, and it was a battle between 
U.S. and Japan, and when Abby Wambach was playing as well. Like, I vividly remember that and remember how much hype there was around those games. And while we get closer to the World Cup and more games are played and then the standings are figured out and then we finally get to the round of 16, round of 8, 4, 2... Once we start getting closer to that, I think there will be a lot more coverage on that as well. But yeah, the World Cup has already started. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but good luck to the U.S. women's team. Hopefully they end up winning their third World Cup and it starts tonight against Vietnam. So yeah, that's kind of really a ton that's going on. I actually do want to quickly talk about the Tigers because the Tigers are getting closer and the MLB in general is getting closer to the trade deadline. And the last two games that the Tigers have played against the Royals, they end up winning that series 3-1 against the Royals. Michael Lorenzen and Erod were both very, very good, which is great because we're getting closer to the trade deadline. And that means that Scott Harris has to start making decisions. Is this going to be a team that's going to buy? Is this a team that's going to sell? Is this going to be a team that kind of stays put the way they are? I think this next seven games kind of tells you what the Tigers are going to do because they do have the Padres. They do have the Angels. The Padres are extremely talented, but they haven't been playing extremely well this year. The Angels, they have, of course, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. If the Tigers were able to go five and two, maybe four and three. Maybe you don't completely sell. I do think at least one of Lorenzen and Erad does get traded, in my opinion. But I think it's getting to a point where the Tigers have enough young, good players that are going to be a part of the future. You don't do a full sell. Like, you can't at this point. And I was listening, and I always listen to him, and I take a lot of, um, take a lot of my knowledge probably from just watching from people online as well. Chris Castellani was basically saying that this roster is half good, half not good. And honestly, it's true. Like, there's half of these young guys that are going to be on this team for the long run. Like, you have Riley Green, you have Spencer Torkelson, you have Turnbull, we'll see about Mize. You you have a cup Fearling could maybe be around for quite a bit of while. But then you have these other players that might not be the future. We don't know. Javi Baez, I know I kind of went off on him a little while ago um he's been playing better but again doesn't change my opinion if scott harris does trade him i would absolutely be thrilled with that because i don't think javi Baez is and should be part of this future i don't think he's good enough to be it and i could be wrong maybe he goes on for the next rest of the year and absolutely balls out but the likelihood that happens is pretty minimal so going to be interesting to see what the Tigers do at the trade deadline. I really hope they don't completely sell. I don't expect that to happen. If they do sell, then you're just trying to get better assets, get younger players, get assets out of a guy like Michael Lorenzen that probably won't be here um, next year because he's on a one-year deal. 
And at the same time, you're getting these assets that could be potential MLB players in the future. And you're also in a division that is so bad that if you sign a good amount of good players next year, you will probably be competing for the AL Central. Now, the Tigers are only five and a half games back. So if you do get rid of kind of Lorenzen or Erod, does that kind of mean you're out of it? No, because of how bad the AL Central actually is. But it just kind of depends. It really depends on what these next seven games turn out to be. If the Tigers end up only winning one or two of them, I think they sell. I think they try to say, hey, you know what? This is our year. We're going to go for the next few years. Because guess what? The AL Central is not going to be much better next year anyways. So it's been exciting. Um, Hopefully they continue to play well. I'm not saying you have to be absolutely buyers either. That you have to go out and get a big name person because I don't think they do that anyways but it's going to be interesting especially if they win a couple more of these games and like the Twins and the Guardians lose if we get a lot closer maybe Scott Harris will kind of keep the seam intact or maybe even try to buy a player or two so yeah that's kind of really it for episode 145 there isn't a ton going on in the sports world I really need Football to start back up. Um, actually, there was tickets that were being given out for the um, Lions training camp, and that was literally gone in less than a day, which is awesome. It shows that teams are excited about going to go see the Lions. So outside of that, not a whole ton going on. I really need football to start back up here shortly. But yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 145 make sure to tune into the next episode it will be an interview so make sure to continue to support this podcast and yeah have a good night